0: Welcome back to Season 2 of the Smart Buildings Insider. I'm your host, Lewis Martin, and my focus here at Charlton Morris is leading a global talent solutions team that delivers bespoke solutions to the smart building community, collaborating with the most exciting technology startups, as well as some of the industry's key powerhouses across the globe. In today's episode, I speak with Serene Almoman, co-founder and chief executive officer of Senseware. Serene has a truly fascinating and inspiring background, which you'll all hear. We discussed the founding story of Senseware, being a female founder and entrepreneur in a male-dominated industry, trends in commercial real estate with indoor air quality monitoring, and deep diving into a customer use case. It was a fantastic discussion. So without further ado, here it is. Um, And I'm joined by the co-founder and CEO of Senseware. Good morning, Serene.
1: Good morning. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: No pleasure. So I think to kick things off, before we discuss the topic, it'd be great for individuals that are listening. You might not know who you are, just to get a bit of a a 30-second elevator pitch or high level overview as to who you are and, and what you do.
1: Of course. So as you kindly introduce me, I am Serene Almoman, uh, the co-founder and CEO of a company called Senseware. And Senseware is an Internet of Things company uh, that is all about uh, disrupting the smart building industry by getting real-time data from all aspects of the built environment and uh, bringing that valuable data into uh, the Cloud in real time, so that we could do a lot of interesting things around the data from analyzing it, dashboarding it, reporting on it, and things like that. Um, We started the business um, uh, almost eight years uh, ago. Actually, this Friday is going to be our eighth year anniversary. Uh, And congrats. Yeah, it's a big milestone, um, and it's been an uh, interesting journey. And, uh, you know, when we started, we had, um, you know, just really were listening a lot to the market and uh, what they need in terms of real-time data. And at that time, uh, there was a lot of interest in real-time data around energy, and then, uh, so we did that. So we would connect our technology, the hardware and the software, to get real-time data from meters and sub-meters. Uh, then we uh, started to see interest in uh, looking at real-time data from critical assets like edge vac units, rooftop units, cooling towers, um, chillers, boilers things like that, and so we expose real-time data from those types of assets uh, in our platform, uh, and, and then got a lot of interest from uh, around the real-time data around uh, environmental and air quality, so particulate matter, VOC, uh, CO2, temperature, humidity, uh, sound, lights, things like that, and so we added that to the mix. And so fast forward to today, Uh, We have uh, 43 patents on our technology, uh, very unique and exciting. We processed uh, uh, to date uh, about 3 um, billion data, uh, real-time data on our platform. We uh, have touched mechanical, electrical, plumbing, and environmental systems and sensors from the built environment and brought real-time visibility on on those types of um, data sources. And uh, we are, and all over the almost all uh, the states in the US uh, market, uh, and also have installs in Canada and Mexico and Australia uh, and growing in Europe as well. Uh, and we've been really, really enjoying the journey.
0: I've enjoyed following the journey. Um, and let's touch on that because you, you start the journey at Oklahoma State um, studying computer science. Mm-hmm. How do you then go from computer science into building a future market leader in the smart building space? Talk us through the journey.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's uh, it, like you're touching on very uh, interesting um, shifts and turns. Uh, I did uh, uh, do my bachelor in computer science. I come from a tech Uh, based company, my dad went to MIT, he was uh, one of the first to uh, uh, really get a degree around computer science and project management, that's not construction basis, more information technology and software. So I grew up in that environment. So that uh, really uh, made me gravitate towards um, technology and a degree in computer science. So I did that. and then I I went to uh, to uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, the very well known uh, for healthcare uh, education, uh, and I did my masters there from the business school. And while I was doing my masters there, um, as you can imagine, a lot of my classmates where doctors or healthcare professionals or administrators in hospitals that were also doing their business degree from that university. And uh, every time we were working on any uh, group project, class project, they would bring up a healthcare related issue. And so I learned a lot about some of the issues that the healthcare space and market uh, is facing. And when I got the opportunity to go uh, and do my PhD, I did my PhD in engineering, uh, software engineering um, as well, and focused my research around uh, optimization of uh, Healthcare Emergency Departments, and uh, that was really influenced by a lot of the use cases that uh, I learned about, you know, during my master's. And so uh, from there, I, you know, I did my, you know, this um, whole research uh, around looking at uh optimizing the wait time and emergency department uh, by looking at real time data uh, around uh, numbers of patients, numbers of beds and doctors and nurses, and putting that all in a simulation that then uses advanced algorithms to say, okay, because of this number of patients, then this is how much we need to reorganize our resources to minimize the wait time as much as possible. So very much data-driven kind of solution. And so then I had to go and present that work as part of my PhD uh, degree in a conference, uh, a healthcare-based conference, and that happened to be in Portugal. And that's, um, that's really a very big milestone in the journey of senseware which I'll get to. Uh, but while I was there in that conference, I met uh, my co-founder, Uh, Julian Stamatakis, who is currently the CTO of Senseware. Uh, He was also presenting his um, PhD work and it was around uh, using sensor technology to better assess Parkinson's disease um, severity levels because the sensors would provide a lot of improvement on that assessment process uh, because it would pick up on things that the doctor's naked eye wouldn't otherwise. And so he felt that he could introduce this new innovation. And he was talking about this work in a a session where I was uh, attending. And uh, he mentioned that an area of improvement in that work is to create a multi-sensor technology where it's not just an accelerometer, for example, that is used in the assessment process, but a gyroscope, which is another type of sensor, and whatever other sensor you know needs to be added to the mix once you look at the data. Uh, but he explained that that's an area of improvement, future type work, all that stuff. And as he was Talking about that and given my data background, it was such a light bulb moment uh, for me. And I reached out to him at the end of that um, session and I said, why don't we create this multi-sensor technology that's able to connect to any sensor that's either available today or is gonna be developed in the future. and bring that to the market. I always wanted to, at some point, start my own business. And he also had the same ambitions. And so it was kind of a match made in heaven. And, you know, an idea that we both were very excited about. It touches on both our backgrounds. So we went ahead and did it. And that's really the origins of Senseware. It came from that Parkinson's disease research work and innovation, uh, and evolved into this technology that uses this multi-sensor uh, network and um, and data processing, but in the built environment versus uh, in patients, and uh, that's because we. It's where we, the market took us. Uh, There was uh, more need there as we went out and talked about our technology uh, and uh, saw that there's a lot more interest in real-time data and sensor data in the built environment than in the healthcare at that point. So um, that's uh, that's, uh, uh, really why we are uh, here today.
0: I mean, it's just amazing to... To hear about the, the start of Senseware. Um, I mean, for, it, it's obvious to see in our space female founders, or, or even just looking more holistically, female leaders are very few and far between. One of the topics, or one of the areas that I'd like to touch on, is, is you yourself as a successful co founder and now CEO of the business. I mean, what's it been like transitioning through quite a male-dominated industry but also starting out a business and then looking to go into funding which I imagine can be quite challenging at times?
1: Yes um, definitely uh, it sometimes feels lonely in meetings um, to be the only female uh, that is talking about technology and the built environment and and all that, but I I do see that's that changing. Um, we we have a lot more um, engineers and female leaders that I've seen um, come to the top uh, recently. Uh, I, you know, it, it has its advantages and, and disadvantages. Um, obviously, the just not having a frame of reference is sometimes, you know, I have to figure out things on my own. And, you know, there's not uh, really uh, another leader that I could say, how did you do this and how you tackled this? But at the same time, it also provides to the market a fresh, look and an interesting perspective, which I think is more of, uh, you know, what's happening is that, you know, when I send an email to leaders in the industry, I feel a lot more reception because uh, I do believe that uh, everyone is trying to support uh, uh female leaders to rise to the top and i do see that and so i want to say that it's more positive than than negative, and you know can of navigated that um really well and i don't i i don't really see it as uh, a, a showstopper i think th- so that's on the business side on the fundraising side we we definitely faced um the statistics, which is uh, less than 2% of um, female led um, organizations are VC funded. And uh, it made that journey hard, but not uh, impossible. Um, I think one of the advantages of um, female leaders is that they are really relentless and are used to doing hard things and good at doing hard things and, um, kind of use that superpower to, to navigate that. And we did raise 7.2 million to date, uh, in in this business, which is not, uh, a small amount. And that we found a way, uh, in combination of raising money, but also, um, also growing the business through uh, customer acquisition. And I think that's that's even better, you know, to rely on growth through revenue and customer growth and whatnot, that's more sustainable. And so um, overall, it's it's all positive.
0: Great to hear. So you've, you've co-founded since where it's been almost nine years. Talk us through some of the milestones that you've achieved for let's say individuals who are listening that that may not have seen already um i mean we already are aware of the 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 great investment or funding that you've been able to achieve what else stands out to you during this um, period of your career
1: yeah, I touched on just the market shifts that I want to say is a big highlight. Um, so we we did go to market with this technology, hoping that the healthcare space would uh, uh, you know help us really grow, uh, and then had to v- pivot to the built environment. Um, and within the same, you know, within the built environment, we started with energy and then moved to asset monitoring, critical assets, or added, not moved, but added to that, and then added to added to the mix uh, indoor air quality monitoring, and so there was a lot of milestones and changes in the market that um, can influence the technology implication of the technology. Um, and so that 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 I would say that is the big one uh, in terms of of milestones is getting to um, change the technology to add and address the different and shifting market needs. And uh, the other piece I want to say is around how we um, really uh, showcased in the market how you know, the need for hardware and software to go together. I think that was a big, big thing to uh, navigate and and see that the market is appreciating over time. Um, We are not a point solution. We're not just an energy monitoring solution or an indoor air quality solution. We are a platform for all types of real time data. And um, And so, uh, you know, with that platform comes, you know, the question of how do you actually get all those types of data to be processed, to know, share with the client and bring value to um, the customer base in the market. And uh, we had to really figure out how to say that our hardware piece is as essential as a software, because when it comes to the built environment, getting real-time data uh, from, you know, any type of building, especially aging infrastructure is not straightforward. And, you know, the technology having the hardware piece that is a, is wireless, is able to connect to anything that's in the built environment that you need to expose in real time and process in real time uh, was a, a big, I guess, learning curve for the industry and our customer base until they got to the aha moment and said, oh, that's why this is, you know, using our technology is helpful because any, any data we could think about is you're able to get it because you have both, you know, both sides, the hardware and and the software. And I think that was a big, um, big turning point to understand how to say that, you know, what we do and why it's valuable and how it's different and and things like that. So, um, so that's, that's, uh, that's another one. Uh, You know, when, as I was saying that I I thought about as a very, exciting example that kind of showcases, you know, that big, um, uh, big shift in the way the markets saw, you know, that the value of what we do, we had this, um, with this customer, that is a, um, uh, a large, uh, commercial, uh, large and, uh, construction company. And they were mm-hmm. faced with this, uh, big water loss and, um, Uh, It was because of a damaged water pipe in a construction site. And they, um, uh, you know, the the leadership within that organization obviously wasn't happy because they were hit with this $2 million, you know, um, expense (laughs) to fix the (laughs) issue, And they said, you know, decided that in this day and age, you know, we need to know things in real time. And um, Unfortunately, as you look at out there, you know, off the shelf technology, you know, one point solutions that are out there, there wasn't a technology that was able to specifically uh, create real time visibility around that particular issue, which is monitoring the pipe in a construction site and then uh, reporting on that and alerting if there is an issue. And then if there's an issue, you know, shedding a a valve was, was very specific to that business and the issue that they were facing. And so uh, they came across us and we were able to use our hardware to create the solution for the on-site monitoring and control and the software to do the rule-based and alerting and reporting on the issue within weeks, Uh, you know, a couple of weeks. uh, And uh, that was helping them save millions of dollars of potential issues. In the future, and that was, you know, the beginning of us t- talking about that use case, where you know the industry started to see us as this, uh, you know, customizable, configurable solution to get real-time data, and is uh, just taking us in very interesting direction into into the future.
0: Interesting. Um, a- another one that I would add as a milestone, and it's it's probably a little bit cliche, but is um, surviving and thriving during COVID. Um, I mean, COVID, as everyone knows, was a very, and still is, um, a very difficult time period. In terms of COVID, though, it did have benefits. Yep. So, for example, we saw the shift in terms of individuals really grasping the need for the convergence of OT and IT, yep. as well as also a call to action with the finance side of the house. So executive teams needing to make a decision to make Building smarter, whether that's indoor air quality, whether that's sensors, whether that's IoT, whether that's just a mm-hmm. complete retrofit, mm-hmm. um, that from a ten thousand foot overview would only have a positive impact on Senseware's journey to continue building out market share.
1: Yeah,
0: would you say that's fair?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you know this is uh, you know back to the uh, high level uh market trend that we're seeing um you know around digital transformation and we're seeing multiple forces and drivers are converging in the market uh we hear things there's less than a percent of built environment that is digitized um 40 percent Percent of the carbon emission is coming from, and you know the surveys showing that most of the majority are expecting to work in healthy and sustainable environments, and all of those things are converging and are supported by a lot of this data. And um, it's definitely big drivers, and um, you know it's forcing, like you said, leaders to look at. Um, you know technologies to address these shifts, and um, you know they they use this uh, high level term you know digital transformation. To me, in practice, what that means is finding better ways to use technology to reach sustainability targets, to make buildings more efficient, uh, and improve building performance, and then also improving people's experience so that's you know that's what i see it and you know you touched on indoor air quality it's a big big new kind of data set that you know from a digitalization that's um, had a lot of traction and interest and awareness about uh, around its need uh since covid
0: yeah agreed um and in terms of the likes of iaq or iot um how would you say to a customer the best way to deploy such technology, whether it's a a university or whether it's a school or whether it's a a large commercial real estate building, whether it's one or sort of like an enterprise account?
1: Yeah, so I, I think in general, when you're talking about new technology, you know, that is modernizing an existing infrastructure uh, and we know that 90% of of the buildings are existing buildings right you are looking at something that is easily retrofitable and something that could grow with the need i think that's a very important aspect because we um it's really some of the feedback that we we get is that it's very um unrealistic to start to wire existing buildings. Uh, very disruptive, uh, very cost uh, costly and cost prohibitive and things like that. So it's really important to look at things that are retrofitable. Um, you know, our solution is wireless. It connects in minutes to any type of data source. So that's a big plus. And then, you know, that um, the fact that it's, it grows and expands because we, you know, one of also the feedback that we're getting is that a lot of the technologies out there um, that are geared towards um, the built environment. Uh, have a you know have their own cloud platform and a dashboard and all that stuff and um, they're typically vertical type solutions um, tackling different issues energy sustainability air quality and whatnot and that's really hard to manage uh, you know to have to connect to different dashboards you know, understand how that makes sense for, for businesses, but on on the ground and operators that make makes it a little bit hard. So how can we uh, provide a solution that provides a single pane of glass, very easy to access the data all in one type, type thing. And, and that's what, how we, you know, those types of feedback is um, driving how our roadmap is, um, is developing and, uh, what we, what we do and what we, um, what we say. So we are, we're all about one, you know, one solution that continuously evolves, uh, with the needs for real-time data and that is easily retrofittable. And so I think these are really key factors.
0: Yeah. And I think real-time data is, is so important in today's world. And when we was at RealCom, um, a lot of conversations I was having was around data silos and and there is right. so much technology in the space, um, some which are doing amazing, amazing things similar to senseware, but also there are technologies which maybe are having a negative impact, may, maybe making it harder to mm-hmm. to track and find the data um, so for example data silos and and not to get too granular on this, but how how are you navigating data silos and and actually pulling through the appropriate data needed um, for each customer?
1: Yeah, that's really the core of our IP. Uh, So I mentioned we have 43 patents and a big portion of of those patents is around our modular architecture. Um, And what that means is that we have pre-built Hardware components that is are like Lego Lego pieces. If you you know just to simplify, uh, where they're pre-built, you put them together, and you know easy to to get installed. It's wireless, and you quickly can um, get the specific real-time data that is needed for this in this uh, point in time. Uh, and then you have that coupled with with the heart, with the software that is able to also you know dashboard all of these different types of data in in one place and um and so you know that that's really you know the big big thing that that we do the modular architecture has been um you know talk, uh, has been talked about uh since 20 years ago, as a very uh, a robust way to um, keep growing, you know, in technology uh, 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 offering, without having to redevelop and recode, and that's really what we do, you know, and how we approach this. Um, uh, this issue of getting more 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 and more real time data very easily is through this um this uh unique industrial design around modular modularity
0: okay interesting um and we're seeing and, and you you're you've got a better picture of this given your focus but um if we hone in on specific i a q um there is so many benefits of having that whether that's to help indoor air pollution to to occupants to um, to employees to increasing health regulations Mm -hmm. uh, and so forth what other trends are you seeing as a senior leader and, and founder within the smart building space across whether it's in commercial real estate or more holistically across the real estate Space in general.
1: So, as far as um, you know, trends that are happening in real estate in terms of real-time data, indoor air quality um, has been a, a big, big thing for sure that we are seeing. Um, you know, it, it all started with COVID and uh, heightened awareness around the need for indoor spaces to have clean air to keep us uh, healthy and safe. And in the past, you know, when you're looking at operators and the data that they use for the day-to-day operation of an optimization of buildings, there's a lot of interest and focus on comfort levels and energy efficiency. So temperature and humidity was sufficient for that. And then, you know, you have all the energy type data that has been there for decades and installed. And so operators look look at this data, everything is fine, building is fine. But now when you add the health and wellness aspect to it demand for buildings to be healthy buildings Um, you're looking at air quality type data and the operators need that type of data to help operate buildings but even the newest buildings that are just you know if you look out the window and something you know building is just um opening it most probably will not have air quality type data and we're uh, talking about uh you know, CO two levels, particulate matter levels, uh, VOC, CO. You know those types of of, of data and sensor data that is uh, related to health and wellness uh, in in buildings, and so um, that is hitting you know the the infrastructure uh, of the built environment in in a big way because it's such a miss- such an important uh, data set that is. Uh, Almost, you know, all the buildings are missing, and so um, it just needed, you know, a big push from, you know, leaders within commercial real estate, but also, you know, we we have uh, schools and you know government uh, type organizations that uh, are realizing that and um, are looking at ways to do it. And you know, when when we talk about indoor air quality, and we do uh, uh, have the solution around real time air quality monitoring and data. It was assumed at the beginning that it's all about, oh, give confidence to return to office and use that data to to do that, which is still true. But it's actually that there's a bigger need uh, for that, which is, again, around just understanding how healthy the building is for operators to be able to uh, operate the building, to be healthy, whether there are people in there or not. Uh, and um, keep the building at a healthy level and the HVAC system operating uh, properly around the clock. Um, so IAQ to, mo- to help improve the operation of HVAC system uh, is you know, the big driver for IQ monitoring from what we're seeing. And then cherry on top is telling, telling people that we have this monitoring solution Uh, In place to give them that assurance and confidence to come back. Um, And so, so that's a big thing that's happening and that we are participating in. Um, And I've talked to a lot of leaders within uh, specifically commercial real estate and they they keep telling me this magic number that in 5 years every building will be expected to have indoor air quality monitoring installed and um you know i i hope that's true because i we do believe that it's uh, it's important um but uh you know that that would be a big undertaking uh and steps are been take, have been taken already around that i know uh you probably heard about our boston properties uh project um you know boston Properties is one of the largest um yep. the largest publicly traded commercial estate uh organization in in the u.s and they they realize all of what i'm talking about the need for that type of data uh to help them operate the building um whether there are people there or not and you know we did that project we're you know got, got the indoor air quality monitoring installed uh and across all their five re- regions and they're using indoor air quality to help them operate the building and the HVAC systems but also as a tie-in to their sustainability goals um and things like that I had this other pod- podcast with um Uh, with the Nexus Labs uh, with uh, Ben Myers, the of sustainability at Boston Properties. And he talked about how their journey to um, adopting indoor air quality monitoring and how they got to this point. And a lot of it was, you know, convergence of health and wellness and, you know, sustainability and a better uh, uh, way to operate the buildings. So uh, it's um, they're leaders in the industry. And so I'm um, I'm feeling very optimistic about this, you know, projection that every building will have and their air quality in, in the near future installed.
0: I mean, that would just be amazing. Um, yeah. we, we were talking off air and uh, saying about the UK last week going through quite a heat wave and, and we don't even have air conditioning in schools. So uh, I think we're probably a little bit behind the curve, but for US to set the standard, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, naturally, indoor air quality, tying that into IoT, that is a part of digital transformation. Um, and you've been in the space a little bit longer than what I have, but mm-hmm. it's it's quite an old, rigid, slow moving industry, which is starting to grow and sort of have that snowball effect now. Um, So my question to you is, is where are we as an industry at when it comes to digital transformation? Like what's the state of play and, and how can we continue to progress the adoption of different digital transformation solutions?
1: Yeah, I shared some of the statistics and, you know, changing and just the users of um, indoor spaces and how how they see see the world and, um, you know, uh, climate change, healthy buildings, sustainability being top of mind and talked about a lot. And so that's really a big driver in, in the industry and. I, I think the way it's, um, I think it's it's happening uh, bottom up. So the operators are getting, you know, feeling these uh, forces and uh, shifts in, you know, that all the stakeholders that they, you know, they're working with and it's making them look now at, at technology too, and this technology is, um, you know, if installed in place, they it will digitize. You know, the build, the built environment. So I think that's kind of what's happening. So the 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 goals that are happening on the ground is, oh, I need to reach my sustainability targets in very short period of time. Okay, so now I you know, but I'm working with a physical asset. So now I need a technology that it sits on top of this uh, asset and get me the data that I could report on and see and, and and report on You know whether or not we do that. We have operators that are looking in the buildings and they're saying, oh, it needs to be a healthy building too. Well, I don't have data around the HVAC systems so now to increase the building performance and efficiency and whatnot i need that data so it goes back to the top and finding solutions which then get installed in this physical environment and then now it's more digital Uh, and then you have people that are saying oh i need to um, go into space and feel that you know it's comfortable and it's healthy and and all that stuff so you know, then again, technology. And so these types of drivers from the bottom uh, is bubbling from the bottom to to the top to create this more digital infrastructure. Uh, So I think because of that and because of these multiple drivers, it's going to accelerate the digitization of the, Uh, of the built environment uh, much more at a a faster rate than than before. Um, So that's one thing. The other thing that we hear about a lot is this concept of real estate as a service um, offering, uh, where there's a shift from just focusing on providing the best location, you know, to uh, providing enhanced experience and analytics of the built environment. Um, and the the entire built environment ecosystem is looking at how to participate is in this new type of offering, it's as a service. Um, so we're seeing building technologies um, Building technology companies like Siemens. If you you uh, probably seen the latest announcement uh, around Excel- Siemens accelerate yep. and their whole Building X ecosystem uh, of partners and technologies that uh, help with the digital transformation. And the big piece of the building X is, you know, providing SaaS-based, you know, technologies to the built environment to help them, you know, do operate buildings better. But in a as a service way, we we look we we've heard also Carrier uh, announced their cooling as a service um, offering as well. Again, uh, digitizing but as a service, uh, and so that's that's a big thing that's happening we're seeing construction companies uh, that are trying to move into post-construction uh, uh, services and yeah. expanding you know the value that you get they get from their client base to not just end when the construction is ending and so providing as a service you know continuously um, we have owners and operators that are offering additional amenities as a service indoor air quality is one of them actually so a lot of our clients are saying oh we're going to be just you know we're going to amenities as a service so if you want to include uh, indoor air quality monitoring into your space that's an additional service that we offer as an owner operator to you and so uh, you know so a lot of those things so every every we're seeing the entire ecosystem the built environment shifting toward uh this services mentality <laughs> yeah and the digitization is the underlying layer that actually is going to be able to enable that and uh, uh you know that's very exciting because it's something that we've um projected you know eight years ago when we started the business you know and why we took the platform approach of getting all type of types of data is to enable this like, you know, future of digitization and as a service offering and things like that to to our customers. So uh, it's exciting. Everything that's happening is is really exciting uh, for us as a company.
0: I, uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, so if we look, let's say, end of 2022, looking ahead to 2023, um, I appreciate you probably can't share all of the plans, but um, what's what's in the, the pipeline for Senseware? Because you built such a great platform within mm-hmm. the smart buildings community, whether that's Nexus Labs on mm-hmm. uh, Realcom, or the other um, shows that we go to, but what's, what's coming up for you as a business?
1: Yeah, so um, it's, it's a good question at a high level without going into a lot of details. We have done an amazing job with our technology and connecting our customers and users to the data coming from the built environment, sensor data, and aggregating a lot of that very quickly. And now we have this, you know, 3 billion um. Uh, uh, data, real-time data that we process on our platform. So we are moving towards focusing on connecting our customers to that data uh, and not just the sensors. And that basically means more um, uh, advanced uh, data uh, processing, analytics, machine learning, AI tools, uh, smart um, controls, you know things like that, uh, digital controls, and and all those types of things. So that's the big you know n- new shift and focus uh, that builds on our you know unique um, technology that was able to bring all this data you know um, in real time into into the cloud.
0: It's uh, it's certainly an interesting landscape, in and again, we're in different positions. Um, different types of, of roles, but I just love hearing about the latest and greatest technology and, and certain trends. Um, so yeah, Serene, it's it's been great to have you on the podcast, and uh, we have this sort of ritual um, at the end of the podcast where uh, I ask a question um, and you give me, uh, of course, give me the answer. But I'm going to try and be greedy and ask for two questions. So the first one, which we do with with all guests, um, is um, what's the best piece of advice you've been given in your career?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind, so I'm going to say it's the best, uh, is that you know, it's really important to surround yourself with people that give you energy. And that, that's, that's a way to really propel you forward. So I'm going to go with that one.
0: You may have uh, <clears throat> you may have already answered my second question. Um, if, if there's someone on someone listening to the podcast who is looking at starting a technology firm in the smart building space or, or any space, um, what would be a piece of advice that you'd give them in order to take that leap and, and potentially start becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Um... I think you know um, I don't want to sound cliche but you know follow follow your gut do your best um just find find a way uh, don't let anything stop you for us we thought we we're going to go and change the healthcare industry and we uh, changed the build, building industry <laughs> so um just keep going and uh, don't feel discouraged and, um yeah just kind of m- move with your instincts
0: great i think we'll uh, we'll leave it there serene <laughs> thank you uh, thank you very much for joining me
1: my pleasure thank you for having me Lewis. it was fun
0: so that was my chat with serene almoman co-founder and chief executive officer of senseware i'd like to thank serene again for her time and the insight she provided on her background Senseware and examples of indoor air quality monitoring use cases i hope anyone who is interested in any of these points we discussed during the podcast today has gained some valuable insight from this episode for plenty more chats with industry leaders and innovators within the smart building space across the globe subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming platform today thanks again for listening i've been your host lewis martin bye for now